The Right Hook Podcast. With the Mitsubishi Commercial Range. Pajero Executive, Pajero Commercial, Outlander Business and new L200. All with a leading five-year commercial warranty. MitsubishiMotors.ie it's time for the Right Hook Health Checkup with Dr. Kira Kelly. Uh, you can get your questions to us to 53106. If we don't get to them today, we probably will next week. Dr. Kelly, welcome to the programme. Thank you, George. Um, there's some interesting stuff coming up here. Can I, do, and and I know you hate when I talk about myself on this, but you know me, I can't stop talking <laughs> about myself. But this is, I really want to know your answer to this because I suffer from the exact same thing. I wake up, listener says, and see I've been drooling a bit during my sleep, a lot. Not very attractive if I'm in company and I was single. Shouldn't be in company. No, no, no. You know. We don't approve of that here no, on the Right Hook Health Check. Not, no, He's fit and slim, lucky him. 30-year-old male. Now, my pillows, like, you know, are are just show I've been drooling all night. What is that? It just means that you're probably lying on your side and you have your mouth open. And when you do that, saliva will pool and it will drool out the side of your mouth. And, uh, okay, for my money, I sometimes think we just need to get over ourselves a little bit. We have bodily functions, and that's the truth of it. So people, But you don't want them if you've just picked up some fabulous-looking dame down in well, she won't know about go. the drooling till the next morning anyway. Oh, so I, I, I think that's probably fine. Okay. But here's the thing: we do. I'm lucky. See, there's nobody <laughs> there's there. no dames. I'm on my own. We have bodily functions. We need to stop trying to completely, I think, sanitize right. them and have an acceptance of them. But what's happening there is that guy is falling asleep on his side with his mouth open and saliva is pooling. There's very little to, he can do about it unless he's opening his mouth because his nose is blocked. In which case, he can use something like a flixinase up the nose or an antihistamine if he has right. a bit of allergic. No. He hasn't. He's like me. He's like the rest of us. He just needs to get over it. But it's all this stuff on the pillowcase. I think a lot of it comes down to, as he said there, it's not very attractive. I'm young, I'm fit, I'm 30. You know what? You have a body, it functions, it does this kind of thing. Forget about it. Well, I I mean, it obviously has affected. This is the reason over the last 35 years that I haven't met any fabulous looking birds in bars because they drool. Listen, what about this poor old 50-year-old fella? This is interesting. He he regurgitates small amounts of food soon after eating. Now, he he says, they obviously aren't going into my stomach because they look as if yeah. They've just been eaten like them. Uh, so what's that? This man needs to have an endoscopy. He needs to have a camera put down for a variety of reasons. Now he's concerned and, and he mentions the C word there. He says, could I have esophageal cancer? And he's frightened. And the truth is, is anybody who has a symptom uh, that is worrying to them always worry about cancer. Cancer is a real fear for people. We're not saying for a moment that that's what he has. There are lots of reasons. He could have an esophageal stricture. He could have what's called a pharyngeal pouch, which is where in the back of his throat there's a little kind of a pocket sitting off the back of his throat and food slips into it and then slips back out of it. So there's lots of things that could happen. But one of the red flags in people's health is a problem with their swallow. So if you have difficulty swallowing, if you are regurgitating food, all that kind of stuff, if you have pain on swallowing, those are all symptoms that require an endoscopy, which is a very simple routine test now, George. Camera down, we have a look, but he must have that done. Yes, because now fair is fair. Yeah. Like, as you well know, when I rang in the middle of the night from Chicago, like, I had reflux, and the first thing it was, like, I was awake all night that I had a cancer. Yeah. 
matter. Yes. I mean, it, so you have to empathise with I know this I do, guy. Sure, no, sure, you do. George, people come into me and they have a nosebleed and they think they have a brain tumour. People always fear cancer. It's okay. a real fear. And I think it's important to identify that and say, we're not saying that at all, but you should have an endoscopy. You'll need a referral. It's a routine test. Don't be afraid, but go and get it done now. Oh, all right. Well, I want you know, I'm going to sort out a few doctors okay. here now. What about this? Speaking of reflux, this poor fellow has a pile of reflux. He's then been diagnosed with Barrett's esophagus. Okay. All right. And the specialist doctor mm-hmm. is quite nonchalant, like just gives him a chat over the phone, says you're all right. And then his GP, shouldn't his GP be giving him a full checkup and telling him what to do? Like the, the medical profession seems at fault with this guy. They've let him down. Well, I'm not sure that they have. This man says he's 31 years of age. Isn't that and what he, he said? And he has Barrett's esophagus. It is unusual to be so young and to have this condition. But he has it. Yeah, but no, he does. He has this condition. But George, if we were to um, scope and do mad amounts of investigations on every 20-year-old who comes in with a symptom, the whole health service would be clogged up with doing that. Sorry, so, you've missed the point. He no, has I, Barrett's esophagus. I realise that. And provided... Provided he takes a high dose PPI, which is a very strong antacid medication, and provided he gets regular checks, he'll probably be absolutely fine. But I mean, we can't get into here on the Right Hook Health Check with respect to him and with respect to you being critical of random doctors that we don't know what they have or haven't done. And it is sometimes the perception of a patient that something has been done wrongly or misdone in some ways when it's been done perfectly reasonably but from a medical point of view. But he's your endoscopy exam every three years anyway and he's changed his diet and he's on his Emazole tablets. That, and that, all that's the PPI we mentioned. No, yeah. what do doctors forget is because you doctors play God all the time. No, no. Right? No, you, no. Sometimes you Goddess. For, sometimes you forget that there is a role. I'm, I'm Fergus now is my GP, Fergus Brady, and Jack Orman, God rest him beforehand. They did as much work psych- psychologically with me as they did medically. Half the doctor's job is psychological. We actually say 70% of the consultation is psychological. And, and we are aware of that. You have to bear that in mind. But what you have to bear in mind is this too, is, is this guy saying, oh, well, I'm concerned I have to be on this medication for the, you know, the rest of my life. That's not the concern. The concern is to keep his acid levels low so that there is no yes. continuing backwash of acid into his esophagus. The tablets themselves are, are, are irrelevant. He has to stay on those. There's no two ways about it. It is unusual to have Barrett's at 31. It is reasonable, the course of action, you know, the, the, the right. regular um, scopes and, and the medication that he's on. And sometimes you're just unlucky. And that's not the fault of your doctor. That's not the fault of your specialist. This guy is an unlucky fella who's 31 with Barrett's esophagus. But no one okay. gave it to All him. Right. Do you All know right. what I mean? But then what about poor old Mark? His mother, right? She, is, she obviously has arrhythmia because she had racing heart, sleep apnea, all classic kind of arrhythmia functions. She's back in Beaumont today. She's dizzy. She's lightheaded. They do, few, do, do a few tests, send her home, and she doesn't know what's wrong with her, the poor dame. Yeah, and that is the failing of our health service that currently our A&Es are running beyond their capacity. So when you go into any of our major hospitals like Beaumont, like Vincent, Vincent's or, or the Matter or James's or any of the Dublin hospitals and the peripheral hospitals. I mean, there's 45 people today on a trolley in, 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 in Limerick. Do you know what I mean? In a small hospital. Our A&Es are swamped by people. And if we're going to make a serious point here today on the Right Oak Health Check, you would have to say 
that the health service is creaking at the knees and is failing patients. And it isn't the fault of the nurses and it isn't the fault of the doctors because there isn't enough nurses and there isn't enough doctors. So they see patients and they patch them up and try and get them out of the department because there's nowhere to put them. There's no beds. There's nowhere for people to go. It is wrong that a patient goes in unwell and leaves and doesn't know what's wrong with themselves. It's a failure of communication at the very least and maybe it's a failure of diagnosis at the worst. But, but again now, like I have racing heart. I have arrhythmia yeah, you and do. all this. But I don't get any dizziness. She does, lightheaded and dizzy. Well, Where does that come from? Well, could that be an association of the arrhythmia? Yes, it could. But could she just have low blood pressure? Yes, she could. Or could she be anxious? Yes, she could. We aren't going to be in the position to no, tell her no, that today. And in fact, she's been seen in a hospital with ECGs and chest X-rays and bloods, and no doubt, and all that today. The difficulty I have with this this particular query from, from our listener is, is the poor woman, as you say, has been sent home, doesn't even know what's wrong with her. Someone should have sat down and taken the time to say now. But you don't have time. Isn't and that's that the, the problem. And that is the point I'm making. Right, and you know what? That isn't the fault of the staff in Beaumont. Beaumont has been particularly hard hit and it is a tertiary yeah. referral centre. But that's the health service okay. we have currently. And should we be kicking up more of a fuss about it? Yes, we should. Right. Now, it's hard for you to believe that once upon a time, I had this gorgeous blonde hair, right? Used to knock women for sex. And particularly when I went uh, on and to Sitges in Spain, on the sun would bleach it, and I'd I'm look sure like, you were a sight oh, and Adonis, George. Absolutely, but I've no hair, but I do notice I'm doing a lot of scratching now on my scalp. Ah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm putting a huge, an interesting thing, Nivea Soft. It's called a baby. I know it. I'm familiar with it. And I put it on my head. And it really... But I don't have psoriasis. No. Now, what about the fella who has had it for 10 years? He's 35 and now it's scaly and everything on his head. What's he going to do? Well, to get into the scales, he needs to soften them. Stop a minute. Bad question by him. Is it worth going to see a dermatologist? He should go to see a dermatologist. Truthfully, I think I, I as a GP, I could manage scalp psoriasis. It's not Would rocket science. Yeah, of course I could. It's not rocket science. There's a couple of things he needs to do. He needs to wash his hair with a suitable product. So you don't be using over-the-counter things from Tesco or I've you don't be using dandruff and all this. i 25 times. You, like, is everybody washing with the wrong stuff? Well, sometimes that is the case. He should be washing with something like polytar or Soroderm or one of those coal tar-based right. shampoos. They smell a bit off, but they're good. He should also be softening the plaque. So he, there used to be a product on the market called Cocois, which was a, a coconut oil-based thing, and you could soften your plaques with that. That's not available, but you can go out and buy something like coconut oil or almond oil or any of those types of things, and he needs to moisturise those plaques. And then, George, you're going to love this, but it is an absolute fact, he needs a topical steroid. You will not take down psoriasis Holy on suffering. the scalp without it. And the poor man has a big itchy scalp and no doubt big flakes falling onto his shoulders I was, and, I was looking, and men hate that. All right, I was and looking at Wall Street on Friday. Friday, and I noticed the shares in topical steroid creams had zoomed. Like you've had an effect on Wall Street. You've probably you've probably bought shares. Commodities trading is, is yeah. a side product of the yeah. right hook health check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, topical creams. Listen, why are all these people having nosebleeds? Would you kindly explain to me? One fellow's running marathons. Steve, is that the reason he's gone it? But there's other people having Nosebleeds. One of the reasons lots of people are having nosebleeds at the moment is because of the pollen season and allergic rhinitis and sinusitis. So what happens is, is our air at the moment is nice and warm and fragrant and on it is floating lots of pollen from trees and grass and plants and flowers. And for many of us, myself included, 
we're kind of getting a bit of an allergic reaction. So why ha- am I sneezing like hell now? And I never exact sne- same reason. Oh, but I never exact did same before. Reason. And you can become sensitised at any time. I'm more sneezy now than I was five years ago. Why is that? I don't know. Something to do with what they're spraying. Uh, something to do with whatever the plants right. were growing. Okay. Okay. Life. Who knows? But we do. Martians. Martians. Chemtrails. God only knows. Load right, of okay. fluoride in the water. Load of All old right. nonsense. So you're not worried about the poor fellow. Well, bleeding one thing nose. that you do need to have if you have a bleeding nose is to have your blood pressure checked because in a small number of cases and not all cases by any means but in a small number of cases of people with high blood pressure a little blood vessel will burst in their nose or sometimes in the conjunctiva of their eye and that will be a sign that their blood pressure is too high so if you're getting nosebleeds and it's new go and get your blood pressure checked but if it's not that put some Vaseline up your nose to stop the allergens going up and to soften the the bleeding scabs that you have and what have you that keep re-bleeding and maybe use things like topical steroids what? I didn't catch nasal that. sprays oh. nasal steroids are a useful drug you must be you talk about a one trick pony like you're the only doctor I know who, who says topical steroids no do you know what everything. it is, is do you know what it is is the kind of queries that are sent into the right folk health check are generally minor because people for major things go to the doctor it's minor stuff they come to us for and they're useful for stuff like allergic rhinitis right. an antihistamine and something like a flixinase or a beconase spray up the nose over the counter will actually take a lot of this down for people. Does it make your hair grow? It does not make the hair okay. grow. Bit of Vaseline up the More nose helps menopause as menopause well. stuff. Okay. No, yeah, I menopause understand. is a big deal. Well, of course it's a big deal with women, but like poor old Joycey, we had this before. She's tried everything. She now sweats watching the telly. I know. Ah, come on, help her. No topical steroids. No, the topical steroids are not indicated for the menopause. Okay, if she's tried Everything, okay? She's tried her alternative therapies. She's gone to her health food shop and she's tried her sage and her soya and she's tried her, you know, plant sterols and she's tried her herbs and menopase and all that. If she's done all that to no avail and she's wearing the light clothes and she's tolerating as best she can, then she is a candidate now for HRT. Now, HRT is not a panacea. You should use it in a low dose for a short time and it will mostly only defer these symptoms. It will not necessarily... Um, completely uh, get you away with getting away from having them. So what people do is they take it now and they get symptoms down the line after they come off it. But sometimes in the summer in particular, when people are warmer and it is very hot and all that kind of stuff, women are debilitated by this. And particularly if they're trying to function, running a home or in the workplace or whatever, they find it very difficult. She should at least go in and discuss HRT with her doctor because here's the thing. We use HRT when we feel the benefits outweigh the risks. And if you're somebody very debilitated by your menopausal symptoms, you may be a candidate right. where the benefits outweigh the risks. Okay, 53106 is the number for your questions for the Right Hook Health Checkup with Kira Kelly. She, GP in Greystones. Now, another sweater. 38 females, so she's unlikely to be menopausal. Blood pressure lower than usual. Fainted on the train this morning. Now, come on, this isn't. Well, I was. I you was, won't get HRT or no, 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 topical no, no, no. Well, it's not this. impossible to actually be, but I'm not presuming it is in this case, but it's not impossible to have your, your an early menopause, and some women do. But, but let's presume it's not that. I would love to know, and we can't know because we don't have any information in the text, if this is a new onset thing. Because if you are now sweating and faint and all that dizziness, chances are if it's an acute thing, you probably have a virus because you can have a virus for a week or two and it will make you sweaty and clammy. It will make you dizzy and lightheaded and it might make you faint as well. 
Equally, some of these symptoms could be attributable to having low blood pressure. That's so, what she said. Blood pressure lowered than usual. And that may be it. And that may be because she's lost weight. That may be because of changes in her diet. That may be because she's on new medication. That may be for a variety of reasons that we won't necessarily know here. But certainly low blood pressure can make you faint. If you have pure low blood pressure and no identifiable cause that we can address, the best thing to do is to make sure you have fluids on board all the time. So you have maybe a bottle of something in your bag so you can sip fluids. You may need a, a boil sweet for a bit of sugar and you may need to start putting a bit of salt on your chips. Salt in your diet is part of the, the lifestyle approach to treating low blood pressure. I, yeah, because for, for generations, you docs have been saying, don't you salt, don't you salt. I love and the way you imitate how we speak, George. Yeah, it's very, it's very and, uh, flattering. And what has happened then? The whole population doesn't have salt. Luke, my 10-year-old grandson, says, Granddad, don't have salt. So now, of course, you know, you've suddenly, I like disco- that kid. You've suddenly discovered that the whole population has low blood pressure because they have no, no salt. No, no, no. Like, I have to take issue with you. The whole population does not have low blood pressure. The vast majority of the population has normal or high blood pressure, which is why we say don't have salt because salt salt is not inherently bad. It just raises your blood pressure, which you don't want if it's normal and you certainly don't want if it's well, high. But if it's low, that could be a good thing. Right, but the they s- are the minority. All right. On the salt thing, it's quite interesting. The Irish are quite interesting in their relationship to salt. Now, modern generations might be different, like Luke, but... but Irish people put salt and pepper on food before they taste it. I know, it. I know, I remember. <laughs> Ingrid couldn't understand it when she came over here. I was putting all this stuff on. But you know what? It was to do with poverty though, George. We didn't have garlic and rosemary yes, and things. Right. All we had was salt and pepper. And we used to boil the bejesus out of everything we cooked. People used to cook their dinners in the morning and leave them over yeah. a pot for the day so they tasted of nothing but salt and pepper. That's why people used it. Right. It was a poverty thing. Well, now, um, what about sunscreen? Ah, yes. No, my dear mother, God bless her, when there was no such thing as sunscreen, when we went out in the sun, she used to use the famous Nivea, just ordinary Nivea. Oh, God, and cook you. I don't know, it worked. We never got burnt, ever. But what sunscreen should you be putting on children? Because these people, this uh, mother wonders what she just comes I would suggest them. a high factor for children. 50. I, I, 50 is probably unnecessary, but 30 I would say yes to. Um, but having said this, you do want your kids to get a bit of undiluted no, sunlight. So let them out in the sunlight for about 15 minutes a day and then slap it on. Yeah. yeah have you ever seen baby sunburned, have you? Oh God, no, but I'd hate to. I would hate to. Well, the number of people who leave children out on the sun, like, it's it's child abuse. No, no, no that's... Uh, and I, in a matter of shameless self-promotion, my article yesterday in the Sunday Independent was, in fact, on, on sunscreen for people. We do need to wear sunscreen. We have one of the highest rates of skin cancer in the world, and yet we have one of the lowest rates of sunshine. Yeah. That's because we repeatedly toast ourselves and roast Correct. ourselves and in take our country. shirts off and know, And we have pale skin. It's never going to go brown, even if we burn the... Hell that's out right, of it. Yeah, yeah. So stop doing that. So when but I a little on, bit, a yeah, little bit of I sun is good. 10-15 minutes. Really? No, and she, was play. Gi- she was giving out to me. Why? Because I wasn't out in the sun. I was inside peering at the latest uh, Pamela Anderson videos. 
But speaking of the sun, Greg is 31. He spends 20 minutes in the sun. Next minute he's fainting. What about that? Well, that, oh God, that may be to do with low blood pressure. I know it's like a coincidence. But what happens is when you go into the sun, your, your peripheral blood vessels open through to heat because of heat and that forces your blood pressure to drop. So very often between the bright light and the low blood pressure we do feel a bit faint in the sun. You can also get sunstroke which will make you feel faint but you wouldn't get that after 15 minutes. Oh no, you wouldn't get sunstroke. No, no. But you can get sunstroke, it does exist. But what about the poor uh, dear, she's pregnant, so she's newly pregnant, she's terrified, obviously she's afraid of everything. And now she thinks she can't take a big breath. And then she says it might be anxiety. Sure, of course it's anxiety. Well, it could be. And it's not going to damage the baby. No, no, none of this is going to damage the baby. But she does say that she's finding it hard to take a deep breath in. And there's a variety of reasons for that. It could be to do with anxiety because people are often very nervous and hypervigilant in pregnancy. It could also be as the the, the pregnant, the grand avid abdomen gets bigger it puts pressure up on your lungs it squashes your lungs well, up into your chest I'm, I'm glad you got to that point yeah no it's because, true mechanically because like you're, you're wandering around carrying seven or eight pounds around yep. with you and it forces your lungs upwards it yeah. forces your diaphragm upwards so she's alright let's co- tell well the story. only thing is oh my now, god the o- and I know topical yeah, story no 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 and no, and I don't want to catastrophize this but if she has pains in her chest and it's finally she difficult to say she but if she pains. did one of the things that people do get in, ple- in pregnancy is a blood clot and you would need to get that checked I don't believe you like you're on about blood clots. Like we're George, only, we're, we're sec- trying to hit all bases here. We're only seconds away from dialing nine nine nine. We're only literally mention seconds. it to your GP. It's the right Listen to me, not George. <laughs> it's the right hook health checkup. Send us a question on five three one zero six, and we'll get to it as soon as we can. No, Niall, is there a connection? He asks me. And then says, ask Kira, <laughs> is there a connection between the aluminium in roll-on or aerosol deodorants and Alzheimer's? We, I can't answer that question because there, there isn't enough studies to show whether there is or not. And I can't say that there isn't and then we'll find out in five years that there is. Um, and nor can I say that there is because there's no evidence to suggest that there is. But people do associate aluminium and things like that and mercury and all kinds of other kinds of metals with Alzheimer's. But you know what? I wouldn't worry about it. Do you use apple cider vinegar on any of your patients for eczema? Do you? I don't, but some of my patients swear by it for yeah. everything from eczema to reflux to indigestion to God knows what. Directile dysfunction. You name it. If you put apple cider now, vinegar... Stop talking. That. Stop talking. Stop talking. Oh, listen, I've run out of caldecine for my AG scrotum. I'll have to get... I did, this is true. I'm in Portugal and I'm scratching like mad, right? I'm sorry, listeners. I'm really sorry. I and, try. No, this is true. I bet there's tons of fellas though, at the moment over in Portugal and places scratching. scratching. And I went to the pharmacy for <laughs> caldecine, right? So I said, okay, maybe you don't have, you know, yeah, that yeah. Uh, brand name. Yeah, yeah. They had no... Anti-itch powders in a pharmacy. No antifungal powders. Yeah, in a pharmacy. I think that must. Have I been went a, to a, three pharmacies. Something lost in in translation. They now must mind do. you, I could get my Pradaxa uh, for my arrhythmia for tuppence halfpenny for tuppence halfpenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. drugs are they're so cheap. I, I suspect something was I lost in translation. I handed her a credit card and like she because the stuff is so yeah. cheap. I quick. Uh, that child is picking his nose. Ah. It's disgusting. Um, I would suggest listen he doesn't, he doesn't even know he's doing it it's an involuntary habit people forget and bad habits are hard to break I know what the, you do I was going to suggest a star chart what were you going to suggest a star chart 
What horseman, you? <laughs> you mean you give him a star if he doesn't pick his nose? Yes. Have you had children? I have had four. I've had more than you. Did you bring them up? I did. What do you think I did? Leave them in a room. Don't you put? Don't you put something like hydrochloric acid? Ah, Jesus! Something? No, don't you put something that when he puts his finger up his no, nose, there is a his thing nose put... get burned. Oh, no, or his that's finger abuse. gets burned. No, there is a thing you put on people's nails that tastes disgusting to stop nail biting. Well, but... I, that's where I'm coming from. I think from. it is. Yeah, but isn't there a similar equivalent for your nose? Not that I know of. All right, and if you're drooling on your pillow, I'll handle it for you. It's Dr. Kerry Kelly on the real stuff. It's me on the minor stuff. Uh, we didn't discuss... I'm doing novenas these days. They're brilliant for sweating at night. Are they? Work all the time. I was in Ratvilly on uh, Saturday night, County Carlow. And you did, they did a novena for you, I'd say, uh, No, they? I delivered the novena thing. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, next week, Dr. Keir Kelly will hear answering the queries you send in on 53106. Coming up next, Patrick Gagan talks Irish presidents. This week, it's Sean T. O'Kelly.